to From the Bleachers, the only podcast that recognizes that Real Housewives is a sport in which the women are competing for additional screen time and social media fame. Today, we are providing our final analysis of season four of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which was a doozy. That was a great season. Oh, I'm Sandra, by the way. Oh, oh, I am Mandy. <laughs> Yes, it was an amazing season, and today we're going to talk about, the first thing we're going to do is kind of go over the storylines of the different players and how they did. Did they build a good storyline? Was it enticing? And then we are going to kind of talk about a, like, tally up the different awards that we gave throughout the season, the heirs of the game, the plays of the game, the MVPs, all that, and then... We are going to give our awards of the season. So Mandy and I are going to come together and say who we think gets the error of the season, the play of the season, um, who was the MVP of the season. And because we have more than one rookie, we get to give out a rookie of the year award as well. So that is everything that you get to look forward to today. My error of the year, my error of the season isn't necessarily an error from an episode. Does that make sense? Is that, is that I think kosher? So, yeah. If yeah. I mean, if it's like a play you thought should have been played or uh, something. Right. Should, yeah. Yeah. I think that. Oh, makes. good. <laughs> I like to follow the rules. I'm a rule follower. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I gathered that <laughs> in my Myers-Briggs analysis of your personality type. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> That'll be as we get further along. I think that the end of the season wrap up should include your, personality typing as well. <laughs> I am going to, I have a little bit to talk about when we come to Whitney. That's oh, I like it. She is one person I've been thinking of as far as personality type goes. I know we've already talked a lot about Lisa and hers. Shall we start with Miss Angie? Yeah. So let's get into the storylines here. Starting with, let's start with our rookies. And um, I'm kind of going, I put these in order of the final RSS scores, which we like talked it. about it last Last Salt Lake City episode was when we kind of talked about the RSS scores. If you're curious about those, that's how the scores that we put together that determine how valued a player is by the franchise. So I'm going in um, ascending order of RSS scores. We're starting with Angie, who had the lowest RSS score at the end of the season. All and her right. tag, her tagline was, I may be Greek, but don't expect an olive branch from me. All right. So tell me, you want to tell me first what you thought her storyline was this year? No, I want to, I want you to go first. Oh, I'm going to go first. <laughs> so I thought her tagline was a little ironic. Um, I think she did a lot of apologizing and owning of her apologizing and owning of her mistakes this season. Um, but I do think her, her, her big storyline was kind of all over the place. So we started out with about her marriage and then it became fighting the rumors and the nastiness. And then it was sort of trying to match Monica's nastiness when <laughs> necessary. So I think the biggest asset she had for her season storyline was the common enemy at the end, which sort of helped round it out as far as her integration into this group, which was kind of her big storyline, right? Mm. It's like finding, finding who she's going to be with these women. Within the group. So, 
Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I had like struggling making time for her husband as kind of being like the overarching storyline, at least that she went into the season with, because what I imagine is that all these players, they sit down with the producers at the beginning of the season and they have a discussion, like what's the, what's your storyline going to be? What are we going to focus on? And so I think that was the storyline that was identified for her. And then they see what comes like do other, you know, what happens with the relationship with the, you know, people around you and are there other things that are coming in that are unexpected and then the storyline can develop or take a different route. But I saw that as like the planned storyline for the season was struggling, making time for her husband. And then I had like a secondary storyline of being a reputable, badass businesswoman because of the attacks that were coming at her of being in the mafia. And she's kind of like standing up and being like, no, look at me. I'm so awesome. And I'm reputable. And um, all that, but uh, yeah, I, I think like it kind of because it was her rookie season, maybe kind of fitting into the group is one too. Although, yeah. Well, it's funny that, that you mentioned that because that's sort of when we're talking about what I want to see next season, I want to see, I want to see her badass business stuff, you know, yeah. I want to see that. That's exactly what I put to. I, um, well, I said the first storyline I think felt very manufactured or at Mm. least, at least played up for TV. Like maybe that was a real problem they were having, but it was, it felt forced in all the scenes where they were talking about it. Well, and I think that's partly because of Sean as well. Like he just didn't ever seem comfortable on on screen or on camera. So, so I wonder how much of that is because of that. Yeah, but I, I agree. Could, I could be misremembering, but I didn't feel like I saw any real genuine emotion from her over it either. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't yeah. hit me. Yeah. And then the secondary story storyline I thought was very entertaining because of all the mafia stuff. She was able to find humor in that, but she also was. It led to her having some gloating plays about her business badassery, but. I agree with you. I would love to see more of her showing herself as a businesswoman on screen and talking about what that's actually like in her life next season. I like it. So if it was a book, the title would be? If her storyline was a book, I have two, two titles here that I came up with. One is make time for daddy. <laughs> so that's the, the storyline for her husband. Because what in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we just had a we had some daddy humor, some daddy humor. <laughs> and then the second title I came up with was Greek Business Bitch. Oh, I like that. I I wanted to hone in on how she was sort of being buffeted around by circumstances. Her storyline kind of got changed based on Mm. the forces working around her. And um, because she is Greek, I went with a housewife's odyssey because she's kind of like Odysseus himself, right? Okay. I know. I try and be clever. I fall (laughs) short, but I try. (laughs) It's very deep. Definitely you took a different approach than I did with make time for daddy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I wanted mine to be funny, but at the same time that I was just like, oh, these have to be like puns of some sort. <laughs> so a housewife's odyssey. Okay. Okay. And then I had the brilliant idea to think about since this is a game analysis, since we're saying that this is a sport, if they were coming up to bat, what would their at bat song be? I think they call that the walk up song. What would their walk up music be? Yes. So and I, I did not have time to participate fully in this activity, but I'm excited to hear what you came up with. 
Yeah, because I sprung this on Sandra <laughs> last night um, because it came to me in a flash and I was like, oh my God, we got to do this. Um, and I'm not super knowledgeable about a lot of music. And as I was discussing with Sandra, because of my child's <laughs> wanting to constantly play Taylor Swift, I feel like I could have done this all as Taylor Swift songs, but I tried to reach out a little bit. So <laughs> I had I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty or Roar by Katy Perry. Okay. So I, I know who Tom Petty is. You might be surprised to hear, but I do not. That song is not ringing a bell for me. And I won't oh. back down. I uh-huh. won't back down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Baby. Okay. That's, that's, good. that's a great no one. Easy. Oh my gosh. My Zoom just asked if I was playing music. <laughs> <laughs> See how good you are? Okay. What was the other one? Roar by Katy oh, yeah. Perry. Yeah. Hear you roar. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Those are great ones. I don't know. Are we trying to pick a best? No, we can let people vote, you know, like send in your Bleacher Nation. You can say which one you like, or you can write in a, uh, a third party candidate. Okay. Well, I like Greek business bitch because it also includes the word bitch and she reset the e-wib at least once, maybe more than that. Yeah. There you go. I like it too. I like it too. And I think make time for daddy isn't really what her season was about, even though it was her like final scene in the regular season. Okay. Let's move on to our other rookie, Monica Garcia, shall we? All right. So for the storyline for Monica, I thought she had this kind of Icarus story or a Horatio Alger pull myself up by my bootstraps, but with a sad ending. Um, She was trying to do an (laughs) outsider makes her way in. But I think she did it from a revenge tactic and not one with an open heart. And that burned her in the end because you can't make friends when you are filled with anger and revenge and jealousy. You know, Mm, that was my thought. I like the pulling herself up by her bootstraps, but with a sad ending. Yeah. <laughs> She's like pulling herself by her, by, by her boot, bootstraps and then falling off a cliff. Right. But then again, maybe she's not. I mean, like judge, she is, she is like a little media darling right now doing a lot mm-hmm. of little like touring and showing up at DJ parties and whatnot as a special guest. So, so she's getting her full 15 minutes, I think. Yeah, that's, I mean, I still feel like it's 15 minutes unless she can parlay it into something else uh, or come yeah. back, which I, which I think there's a good chance she can come back. We'll see. We'll we see. Will right? see. So yeah, I, I had like a, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of being in this friend group or being shown proper love by my parents, by Vovo was kind of like her storyline because, you know, they set it up with the whole, like, I had to buy a bag because I don't fit in, yada, yada. Yep. And then constantly throughout, she was, she was having this victim play about. Yeah. Highlighting her victim status. Highlighting being unworthy or feeling unworthy or feeling like other people thought she was unworthy. And then kind of a secondary storyline that formed towards the end was, of course, being Reality Vontee's. And like, she seems like she kind of wanted to spin that storyline as being the person who was all about taking down Jen Shaw. All right. What do you have for book titles? So I had a dish served too hot because revenge is a dish served cold. And she came in too hot. Uh, Subtitled Karma's Revenge's Revenge. Karma. What? What's the subtitle? Karma's Revenge's Revenge. Because... (laughs) I think it's multiple layer. I think I think it's not just karma's <laughs> revenge on her. I think uh-huh. he was trying to be karma 
and get revenge on Jen Shaw, but in the end, it bit her in the ass. Okay, I get it, but I think you have hurt my brain a lot with that one. The other was just fall of the vengeful. Fall of the vengeful. Yeah. Okay. But I think I, I like, like a that. dish served too hot. A dish served too hot. I like that. I think she might even like it too because she like you know, she's spicy. She is spicy. She likes to serve things hot. If her storyline was a book, I said the title should be the underdog seeks revenge or outsider seeks revenge. And then I had, <laughs> this is, this is more a comment on the end of her storyline, the falling off the cliff part <laughs> back to the bleachers. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Which is a great place to be. We're, you know, we're, we're reporting from the bleachers. It's I, where I we like are. the view from here. <laughs> I like the view from so here a lot. She's not a player anymore. She's, she's back to the bleachers. What do you think was, was her storyline good? I thought it was good. I thought it was tragic. I I would have liked it more if she had found a little more heart and kindness and could show us a humble journey of admitting her mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. it was very compelling at first. She was very good with her PTCs and that victim yeah. play to really show her being that outsider or the underdog. But she just, and we talked about this in the finale and on the re and especially at the end of the reunion, that she just couldn't round it out to have any sort of victory or at least show some self growth. Um, so in the yeah. end, it's like, it was like great, great, great through the whole season. And then it just kind of falls flat all at the end. Yes. Right. When you're analyzing literature or you're doing theater and you're talking about the character, you want your character to be dynamic, meaning they show some growth. They mm -hmm. they start at one point and end at a different point. And she really didn't. Yeah. Unless yep. you think about the fact that she started out, well, I don't know, I guess she was kind of nasty all the time. I feel like maybe <laughs> the first couple of episodes, she wasn't super nasty in the way mm -hmm. she would fight and get in there, but. It started pretty early. Yeah. It's. Yeah, she just, that was her fatal flaw was, it was lack of growth. I just wanted to say if she comes back. Yes. What I would want to see is like a growth storyline. Like I used yeah. to see myself as the victim, but I'm now I'm taking accountability. You know, I mean, that's a horrible tagline, but you get the, <laughs> you get the gist. Yes. They would bravo it up for you. And she's doing apology plays and she's seeing where she wronged and she's, you know, seeing opportunities for growth and whatever. Um, but sometimes she backslides and then she has to apologize again or whatever, you know. <laughs> it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds a little bit like one of the steps in a 12-step program that we would like to see her go through. <laughs> Making amends is what she needs to do. Well, I had for her um, walk-up song could be either I'm not ready to make nice by the chicks because mm. she definitely was not um or anti-hero by taylor swift i'm not ready to make nice i'm not yeah I'm that's good back yeah. down. i'm still mad as hell anti-hero might be good when she comes back and realizes that she was the problem yeah because that that song is like hi it's me i'm the problem it's me or whatever she doesn't know yeah. that it's her I had trouble at first by Taylor Swift, but it's, you know, like it sounds so good if you just play the chorus and apply it to her as if somebody were saying that about her, but it's not something she would say about herself. Right. Got it. So stay tuned. We will pick between Monica and Angie at the end for rookie of the year. All right. Coming up next um, on the RSS scores uh, is Whitney Rose and her tagline is, Having faith in myself is the only religion I need. And I thought her storyline was basically 
healing herself, standing up for herself and selling jewelry. Yeah. I had growing up in her marriage also, Mm -hmm. and then just like a definite through line of self-growth, trusting herself to place boundaries with people growing in her marriage, et cetera. If her storyline was a book, I had Whitney grows up or alternatively, you exploited my vagina and other musings by Whitney Rose. (laughs) I like it. I had finding me monster. (laughs) Okay. That's cute. Yeah. Because not only was she helping Lisa with her me monster behaviors, but she was also trying to find her own, her own ability to, to put herself first. Sure. Well, what did you think? What what was was her storyline good? Would you like to see something different next season? Yeah, I thought she really brought it this season compared to previous seasons. Yes, there's always some over the top stuff from her that seems manufactured. That's part of how she plays. But I do think we need some of that play in the game. And I think she brought a lot of authentic drama as well. And the whole like growth storyline I thought was good. It didn't really have a cohesive like beginning, middle and end, but I just really appreciated seeing all the authentic stuff from her. And I kind of, I guess I wanted to break down a little bit her personality type here. So Whitney, I see as there's this function in Myers-Briggs that is used by people. So Myers-Briggs is that it's the personality type model that has four letters in it, right? So we've talked about Lisa being either ESTP or ESFP. I'm pretty sure ESFP, but uh, not 100%. And I see Whitney as having a function. This is for people who have both the F and the P in Myers-Briggs. Okay. And everyone who has both an F and a P says ISFPs, INFPs, ESFPs, and ESFPs and ENFPs in Myers-Briggs use a function called introverted feeling. And it's a very sensitive function. And it's like people who use this function tend to have the volume turned up on their personal feelings, their personal values, and their kind of like personal wants and desires. And it's hard to like turn the volume down or tamp that down and be able to like, especially in the moment, be able to uh, maybe shift and see someone else's feelings or um, take a more objective standpoint or something like that. I, I, my guess is that she, this is her dominant function, which would put her as an ISFP or an INFP. So like an introvert, but I'm not sure. I just see a lot of it in her, but it's just very like, and that's, I think why a, I, might even go out on a limb and say a lot of the stuff that looks manufactured to us might actually be real to her because of this tendency to hear these feelings really loudly in herself and just react to them immediately before thinking them through and using logic. Um, So to us, it looks like this is ridiculous, but maybe to her, that's all very real. Yeah. So she doesn't stop and think about, you know, I really did read through that passage five times and I did know all about it and everything that was going to be said there. But right now I'm feeling exploited. Yes. I'm feeling exploited. The feeling is what's important. And that's what I'm upset about. Yeah, exactly. And And like with Lisa and with Lisa Barlow, 
Um, she was feeling really upset about something Lisa did in that like, she didn't make enough eye contact or that she didn't check in with her in quite the right way. And Lisa yeah. was like, I did say hi to you, but it just wasn't quite right. It made a feeling and Whitney that was so big that she had to react to that feeling. I like it. That's super interesting. Um, so next season, what do you want to see from her? I heard Whitney recently on a podcast called The Vial Files, which is a podcast done by former Bachelor Nick Vial. This is not a podcast that I listen to regularly. I'm not a huge Nick Vial fan. But when I saw that Whitney was on it, I was like, okay, I got to listen to this because I will always do a housewife bachelor crossover. And on it, she had some interesting tidbits about next season or kind of about what's going on right now for her which is like right at the time she recorded it, it, she said they were a couple weeks out from filming. And one is that she's moving right now. She's moving to a new house. The reason being um, is a little bit sparked by what happened with Monica and the stalking, but more so just she feels like her address is not private. Anyone can find her. She's starting to feel more and more uncomfortable with that as the show grows and, uh, you know, as she sees Interesting. You know, what can happen. So she's moving to a what she calls a private location and they're going to film in a dummy house. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. So that just an interesting tidbit I wanted to drop in. The other thing is that they talked a lot about Lisa Barlow. So she yeah. talked about her friendship being in a bad place with Lisa Barlow right now. Oh no. Uh, so I think that's going to play into her storyline. She made comments like, you know, because they were asking, they, I mean, they talked about Monica a ton, of course, but she, Nick asked her, you know, do, is she upset that Monica's not going to be back? Do they need to get someone to replace Monica? And Whitney's comment was they don't need another villain because they already have one. Whoa, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> who is it? Who of our OGs is going to be the villain? And she said it's Lisa. Lisa is the perfect villain. And she says she always has. And in her mind, Lisa always has been the villain and is a great villain and could just be, keep being the villain. But you can kind of hear it in her voice that she's like, there's some personal thing going on between her and Lisa. So oh. I am excited to see what happens between her and Lisa going into the season. Me too now. I mean, I was going to say, as far as her storyline, like we've previously previously had a lot of sex positive Whitney, and now mm -hmm. we're having kind of a more thoughtful growing up Whitney, which is not to say you can't be sex positive and a grown up, but <laughs> I sort of do feel there is a certain not needing to push it on people mm. as you get more comfortable with it. Um, and I think that might be kind of her thing, right? Um, so next season, I decided I wanted to see her focusing on political work and actively campaigning against Donald Trump. Like, that's what I'd like to see. <laughs> I would love to see that, too. That'd be great. I I don't know where you pulled that from, but <laughs> I may also have a little bit of Heather's storyline next season that I want that, too. <laughs> You just want to see them all get involved in politics. I do. I want to see that happen. Yeah. Um, so for the walk-up song, I had I'm Every Woman by Shaka Khan or Express Yourself by Madonna were kind of the two that I thought would work for her. What was the first one? 
I'm every woman. Oh. It's all in me. It's like classic Shaka Khan. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to cut all of me singing, guys. So <laughs> you're welcome, Bleach Your Nation. No, you're you can't. You welcome. can't cut that. Just cut it. Just cut it shorter. You don't. You don't have to cut it out completely. <laughs> but yeah, may, people may need context, like I do. Maybe other people are just like clueless about pop culture. Like I'm I not am. convinced that my singing is going to provide context because I don't think it really sounds <laughs> like the actual song is the problem. <laughs> well, I, so aside from wanting to see what happens between Whitney and Lisa, I also want to see, well, I guess it's kind of hand in hand with that, but I want to see Whitney learn to maybe through her, her confrontation or like playing that relationship out with Lisa, learn how to accept people for who they are. Because I saw a lot in that when she was fighting with Lisa on this past season of trying to make Lisa do things to make her feel better instead of just accepting that, like, maybe this is just Lisa, like on the texting, right? Remember, they're talking about that whole texting thing where it was like, Lisa, you can't just go dark. You have to text me and tell me why you're going dark. And, you know, whereas Lisa said, the reason that I do this is blah, blah, blah. Maybe Whitney can say, oh, I understand Lisa now. I'm going to accept that that's who she is as a person, you know. Right. It's kind of weird. Like if somebody needs to go dark, to put the onus on them to explain that they're going dark. Right. All right. Meredith Marks. In a town full of dirty lies, everyone can use a bath. It was kind of a silly, <laughs> silly tagline for a drama that dissipated within the first few episodes. But yeah, was, you know. I thought Meredith's story, she's just the essence of calm in the eye of the storm. I mean, she started out a little angry and hot, and it sounded like some of that had to do with Angie. Some of it had to do with personal things going on um, while she was in Palm Springs. Um, but then she just became graceful in the face of accusations. I just love how she sort of had this very mature sitting back and being thoughtful and quiet and analyzing things and being logical about all the stuff that was going on rather than getting into it immediately and like jumping into the fray and adding more noise. So I like that about her. Okay. I had... What was her storyline? Starting a podcast? <laughs> that was like all of the scenes that were filled with like filmed with her was like her doing her podcast. So I che- I t- I took this moment to check in on her podcast and how it's doing. Not well. Not oh, well. No. Considering she had all this exposure. Yeah. Of like 2 million viewers or whatever they ended up getting on the season. So I check podcast numbers on my podcast app, which is called CastBox, which I happen to know has about 5% of the market. So on that very small app, she has 45 subscribers and 164 downloads. If you multiply that by 20, you get an estimate of what the entire, her entire listenership is, but that's really rough. That means she only has like 900 subscribers and a little over 3000 downloads total. Um, so that's, that's really small considering her platform on the show. It's actually, I checked my numbers on my other podcast, uh, which is about personality types and it, we have the same number of subscribers <laughs> um, and I have way more downloads. So I was like, okay, what, that's, that's rough. So people aren't interested in what she and Seth have to say, I guess. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to subscribe right now to her podcast. Okay. I subscribed also. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'll give you a, I'll give you a subscribe. I'm going to subscribe right now. Um, what is it called again? Hanging by a thread. 
hanging by a thread. And this is a great opportunity as well for us to say there are a couple other podcasts out there that are a lot of fun that people should be listening to. RH on RH is a great one. And then what's the other one? The Bachelor one? Oh, yeah. That's not Housewives, but um, She's it's All Batch. Great podcast. Yeah, She's All Batch. Uh, also, though, she had a rivalry with Angie, a fight with Monica. Neither of those resolved. Well, I don't know. No, they didn't. They didn't. But we know that she did not send the DMs. I think we know. We don't really know. We don't really know. but We never had confirmation from Monica that those were sent by her. So, unclear. What's the book titles? I had How Not to Start a Podcast by Meredith Marks. <laughs> I had <laughs> Keep Calm and Bathe On. Oh, that's good <laughs> with the bathtub. Yeah. Wait, I had, I had another one. Disengaging. I like it. Players, if you're listening, you're welcome to our titles. We are copywriting all these though, so we we will give them to you for a small fee. I think players, you're also welcome to submit your own walk-up song for when you come to bat. If you Mm -hmm. have one that you feel really, really sits well with you. Yeah. Well, what do you think about her storyline and what would you like to see from Meredith next season? Um, Because I had a hard time even identifying it. Like, was it the podcast? Like, what did she sit down and talk about at the beginning of the season with the producers? Was it, I'm starting a podcast. That's what I want to talk about. Maybe that, that was it. Uh, yeah, you know, right? I just thought something more compelling would be good. And then as far as like her rivalries and her confrontations, I just thought she needed to engage with them more and to actually bring them to resolve. And I just yeah, why would word. you do that? Why would you do I, that to me? <laughs> I just use that word purely to piss you off. <clears throat> it's not a noun. So it's a verb, unless it's something you're using to clean with, in which case it's a noun. <laughs> um. <laughs> so I, I thought like Lisa Meredith is kind of sneaky in how well she plays because it, it's not always big and obvious. Mm. Um, but as far as her storyline goes, yeah, it was a little bit about her podcast, a little bit about a jewelry launch. But otherwise, she started out being a creator of rumors and nastiness and then was sort of the recipient of rumors and nastiness. So she had sort of a rumors and nastiness mm. arc. Sure. But I would enjoy next year seeing Anything that makes her laugh, whether it's friendship with Lisa or hanging out with Seth. <laughs> I did, I did really appreciate some of her play, you know, like her, I guess, I don't know what we would call it. Her quips, her, just her memeable moments. Yes. You know, I mean, we would not have been the same season without the rumors and nastiness and like exactly. the, her getting a little sloshed and saying things really weird like that, you know, not to. I don't want to take away from that just because she didn't have necessarily the best, most cohesive storyline, but exactly. Yeah. I had for her, her, um, her walk-up song. I either had the K Sarah Sarah song, whatever will be, will be by Doris Day, or I had my way by Frank Sinatra. So I went, I went very like (laughs) 1950s standards for her. (laughs) I see, I see Frank Sinatra. I see, I see that like very like regal and like holding herself kind of like, hi, I did it my way. Yeah, that's good. That one's good. (laughs) All right. Lisa Barlow. Lisa Barlow. (laughs) 
I'm on a mission to serve Lisa. And I love that for myself. This was a lot of fun looking for the songs for her. <laughs> oh, this, the tagline is so good. It's so me monster. I love it. Yeah. So, but it's kind of funny because she was all about Jack and his mission and all about being STCO to a lot of people this season. Mm -hmm. So as far as that me monster tagline, she was actually a very supportive person this season. Um, she kind of took a stand for loyalty and she was really trying to do the right thing all season long, which I, I thought was great. Yeah. I agree. I had kind of her main storyline as letting go as her son grows up and leaving on his mission. Uh, yeah, which is not a not really a me monster self-centered. I mean, it is a little bit. She has to deal with her own emotions around it, but it was about her son. Yeah. yeah. So what were your book title ideas? My book title, I thought should be either me monsters have feelings too. <laughs> or like a, you know, like a children's book, maybe with some, right, right. A picture, some, a picture book. Or I'm a lot by Lisa Barlow. <laughs> Ooh, I'm voting for I'm a lot. Jack was like, you're a lot, mom. You're a lot, mom. No, I like that. <laughs> I had from me monster to STCO. And then what was I the... appreciate putting the, the game lingo in the book title. That's bonus points for that, for sure. There you go. I just thought of one, though, as we were talking, and I can't remember what it is now. So. Well, that's okay, because I have a third. Oh, I, I love and it. And I don't know if this necessarily matches her storyline, but I want her to write a book with this title and I want her to talk more about her thoughts on this. And it's Mormon 2.0. Oh, I like that too. I'm just very, I'm just very curious to hear more of her logic around what makes her Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I re, I came back to me. And so the other book title idea that, that had just come to me was do the right thing. Um, I don't know if she's friends with Spike Lee, but we know she's friends with Snoop Dogg. So, um, you know, so she can kind of fit into that milieu with her do the right thing book title. Is that one of their songs? I don't know. Do the right thing is a movie by Spike Lee. And okay. so it was kind of, I want to say that is the movie <laughs> that sort of launched his career, or at least it was sort of his first big one that really was known. So. You know what? When we go to BravoCon next fall, uh, we should definitely pack in some extra time to just sit and like watch movies together. And you can show me all the movies that you think. Yes, I should come up with a curriculum for you. <laughs> for <laughs> sure. For sure. Although I will say I may know Do the Right Thing, but I don't think I've actually ever seen Do the Right Thing. Oh, okay. I know. Mm -mm. Okay. Well, what did you think about her storyline this season? I liked it. I really liked seeing... Lisa as a mom. I like seeing the sensitive side of Lisa. I thought it was relatable. It gave her a lot of tear play. Uh, and yeah, I thought it was great. I did too. I did too. Um, I really enjoyed her absolute presence to the moment at hand, provided she was not on her phone and actually present. <laughs> she was present on her phone. That's true. <laughs> That's true. To that moment at hand, she is yes. present. <laughs> Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I think next season, I just want to see her eating fast food all the time. <laughs> and I looked up when is Sundance and I bet that she, I wanted to see more Lisa, like business Barlow doing mm -hmm. Sundance events. But um, I imagine she specifically requires that filming start after Sundance because she's so busy then, I guess. But um, yeah. 
Sundance ended at the end of January. So, oh, okay. So we missed it. So it will not be part of filming. Gotcha. Dear. Um, but I would like, I would like to see more of her and her family, but mostly just so I can watch you try and figure out what her husband's name is. (laughs) (laughs) Justin. (laughs) Gerald. Uh, Gerald. Yeah. What do you want to see from her next season? I want to see, it looked, they did a little flat, you know, at the, what are they, what, what do you call that at the, um. The in the finale episode, they do like you know they do like the little kind of like the where are they now? Where are they now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said you know spending more time with her other what's her other son's name? Gerald Jude Jude (laughs) Gerald. I think it's Henry. (laughs) Henry, okay. Um, (laughs) But I don't know that either, so I shouldn't be mocking you. (laughs) Um, I so I. I'm I th- I'm wondering, does that mean that we're going to see more of like her with Henry? And what I would love to see is her like learning the lesson of what did she miss out on with Jack by being so busy all the time, maybe learning some work-life balance at some like being in the moment with Henry and kind of like yeah. making up for lost time with, you know. Well, and it's not even so people, much because yeah. the way the way that Jack says you're a lot mom means that like when she is present, she's overwhelmingly <laughs> present. And so what would be good well, is for her to maybe sit back and just be present with her son in a way that that follows her son's interests and mm. doesn't push her interests on her son. Sure, sure. Yes. I also feel like at his age, he might say that no matter what, but. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> but- Whereas, you know, Henry's younger. And so maybe it's okay for her to be a, a little more with him. But who knows? Yeah. Well, for her walk-up songs, these are not songs I'm particularly strongly familiar with. But when you look up um, songs about women who love themselves and are proud mm. of themselves, uh, you get Born This Way by Lady oh, Gaga yeah. is a good one. And another one is I'm the Best by Nicki Minaj. So I listened to both of those and I was like, heck yeah, that's Lisa Barlow. (laughs) (laughs) I chose, I went with the Jack leaving theme and I chose, I will always love you by Whitney Houston. Oh, I've been recently told I need to watch that movie. Um, I've never watched that movie. The Bodyguard, that's what it's called. I'm like, what is that movie called? (laughs) The Bodyguard. Oh my gosh. It took you 10 seconds to recall a movie name. You're slipping. I know my brain. (laughs) All right. Heather Gay. Heather Gay at the at the top of the RSS scores. Top of the RSS, the top of my point system as well. Mm-hmm. She says, I own a beauty empire, so I don't need any of your lip service. <laughs> so she her storyline was all about a fresh start, which got blown up super fast by the time we were in Palm Springs. I think she probably you know, if I were to to go that route where I said, what did she talk to production about? I would say it would be the fresh start and her book tour were probably things she wanted to focus on. But then it was all Chief Inspector Nancy Drew territory. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I had start. It's kind of started out as like a book promotion, basically. Uh, more of her continued learning who she is about without Mormonism, getting OK with being outside the Mormon church and then developed into her kind of like standing up for herself against the bullies and speaking out against them, which kind of goes with the, I guess the Mormon thing too. She's speaking out against the Mormon church a bit. Yeah. What were your book titles? 
well, it's hard to beat bad Mormon. It is. That was a really good book title, but you know, I tried. So I have Nancy Drew fights back. Oh, I like it. (laughs) And then playing off of bad Mormon, because you know, this this will be her, her second book that we're having her write. I had bad housewife. Ooh, because she pissed the franchise off with, with the black eye cover-ups a lot. She has a lot of people like in the, in the nation, in the housewife nation upset with her over the past season or two. So she, so, and then getting a lot of that backlash has been hard for her. So I think bad housewife could be a good book. Title. I think that's a great title. And I've noticed that too on like, I, I briefly dipped into the comments on one Insta post that had to deal with the black eye and whatnot. And I was really surprised at how many people were like angry at her because she lied. She lied to us about the black eye. And I was like, dude, I don't get that. Um, but we all know the comments is is sometimes where the worst people, like the worst part of people comes to live. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing how many people take uh, reality TV and the people they see on reality TV very seriously in their own lives. And I'm not talking yeah. about people who start a podcast and spend all their time analyzing it. Like we do, that's totally normal, but <laughs> exactly. We're not people... taking it personally though. We are looking the people... at the same way we don't take our sports too personally. Right. right. The people are leaving death threats who are like really taking it. Like I need to take this person down now because I saw them do something I didn't like on on reality tv like that's it's rough maybe she should get the song by the chicks i'm not ready to make nice i feel like all the housewives get that type of yeah thing in their comments for this or that or the other well my book title are you ready for this i'm ready sit down oh i already are detective gay wins the day nice it's sort of a ya book So we've got a children's book for who? Who is my children's book for? Lisa. And I think so. A yeah. YA book for Heather. Nope. Well, um, what do you think about our storyline? I just felt like we need more. I felt like we we need her to open up more, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode of the reunion, I believe. Yeah. There's some wall that she's not letting us through. We need her to like, there's like cracks in it every once yeah. in a while. You can, you know, you could, you could see her like mm, doing the face play where she's trying not to cry. There's like little tears that escape, but we need her to be more vulnerable. We really need her to let us in. And so it's like, it's becoming a little surface level. Like here is my PTC, but I'm not going to cry about it or be really vulnerable about it. And so that's what I felt was lacking from her storyline was a no. real true vulnerability and showing of, of what's going on inside of herself. Yeah. I thought, I thought her storyline was good. I enjoyed it. I agree for the first half of the season or so there was sort of this, okay, we're sort of continuing with this Mormon ostracism and I'd like to see us go in new directions, but I think next season, I, I jokingly said she should just sit back and chill because that was a pretty rough last season <laughs> or end of the season. But then I said, no, no, for real, I'd like to see I'd like to see her work on being uh, Senator Gay of Utah. You know, mm. let's go for some political change. I think I think it's time for her to run for office. 
oh boy, I could see, I could see her having that in her, that fight. That would be uh, fun to watch for sure. There's a great book that was put out a while back by June Diane Raphael, who does a podcast that I also love called How Did This Get Made? And she's an actress, um, but she's also very active in LA on a lot of women's rights and whatnot. And she, with another person whose name escapes me, wrote a book that was basically all about how to get involved in politics as a woman um, and sort of like all of the little local things that you can run for and whatnot that can sort of help you stair step your way up to making a lot of political change. So, yeah, I mean, hats off to anyone who uh, is willing to go in that direction. It's a lot of um, yeah. a lot of BS. I mean, I guess you're used to dealing with BS as a housewife. So maybe that's a natural transition to deal with BS in politics and the the type of treatment that you get there. Well, I'm sure you got sort of a a front row seat when your friend was running as well. Yes. My previous co-host on my other podcast, Family Personalities, you can check it out wherever podcasts live, uh, (laughs) about Oh, I guess it was right away when we started. The, was it right away when we started the podcast? Early on in the podcast, she started her political career and uh, she is now a state representative. And she think watching her go through that process was rough. rough. Yeah. But um, I'm glad she did it. Um, if for no other reason, then it freed you up for this project with me. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am. Well, for Heather's song, um, I thought she could either do Survivor by Destiny's Child or for Taylor Swift's song, we can do We Are Never Getting Back Together. Who's she never getting back together with? Mormonism? Monica, Mormonism. Okay. You know. <laughs> Jen Shaw. <laughs> Jen Shaw. Apply it to what you will. <laughs> exactly. I like that. I, uh, I had from the musical, The Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Turn it off. I like it. Which, you know, is more about like being gay and having feelings of being gay or being attracted to the same sex and turning those feelings off. But I felt like it was applicable here because I I think like in that religious environment, probably a lot of environments like that, you are taught to ignore your own impulses, ignore your own, you know, skepticism of things, ignore your own feelings, ignore your own things, turn them off, turn them off. And so I feel like Heather has her whole life turned it off. And in order to be a better housewife player, she needs to learn how to turn it back on. I like it. That's very thoughtful. That's really good. I give your paper an A. Okay, so we wanted to give you all a tally just so you don't have to go back and listen to all the episodes again, but you should. Uh, unless you want to, <laughs> um, of who had the, you know, what were the errors, plays of the game and MVPs that we awarded. We yes. only did, we started at episode nine. So this covers mm-hmm. episodes nine through 19. So we're going to start with the most errors going to the least. Meredith had five errors. Monica and Whitney had four each. Angie had three. Lisa and Heather had two errors. And then we gave the producers and DLAC an error each for certain <laughs> things. <laughs> we should really give so, more errors to the producers and DLAC. We need to get on. Honestly, that. we should. We should. <laughs> I agree with that. So, and just so you know, in my mind, I I sort of thought like, oh, every time you get a play of the game, you get two points. Every time you get an MVP, you get two points. 
And every time you get an error, you deduct one point. So all of those people will have a point deducted from their tally. I, f- I feel like MVP should be worth more than play of the game though, shouldn't it? Should it be like one point for play of the game? I mean, I know you already did the tally, so we can just go with what you, but I'm just, you know, for future argument. I don't sake. know though. I don't know because a play of the game can be super determinative of where an episode goes. And an MVP can also be just that silent supporter throughout an episode. Like some of our MVPs, it was not for something big because otherwise the play of the game would always go to the MVP, right? Yeah, but I see that MVP, like you have to play well the entire game throughout the entire episode versus the play of the game could be you could have played terribly the rest of the episode, but you just did one great one great thing that stood out. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll discuss this for next season and we'll get back to you, Bleacher Nation, on where we land. Uh. <laughs> I'll probably lose because Sandra's really good with the math. Because okay. I am inflexible. Inflexible? I don't think that's true. <laughs> I mean, I know that you can't do yoga right now, but so plays in the game. Lisa and Mary Cosby coming in with zero. On, uh, they had no plays of the game. Angie had two. Mm-hmm. Whitney had three. Meredith had five. Mm. Monica had six. And Heather had seven. What was Lisa? Lisa was zero. Zero. She got she got, she <laughs> got some MVPs. But she had no plays of the game. Okay. Okay. And she had very few errors. She um, had very few errors. Yeah, say, she only had two. Was Meredith, you said, had she had a lot. Five. Okay. She had five plays of the game. Interesting. Okay. I don't yeah. even remember this. I can't remember what <laughs> what plays of the game we gave her anything. Well, so I do have, there's a spreadsheet that, that has oh, been shared my. with you that has the tallies and it sort of lists some of the, I, I tried to put a little bit of information in because I was thinking at some point we were going to have a bracket and have the plays mm. go against each other. Once we, once our listenership is up or at least our, uh, our social media following is up, we definitely need to do brackets on these. I think so. Follow us, Real Housewives of Bend, Oregon on Instagram. Yes. And you can also, I do have a post on um, Real Housewives of Bend, Oregon on Insta, where you can you can comment on which songs you thought should be the mm. players' walk-up songs. All right. So MVP, Whitney Rose coming in with zero. She did not win any MVP awards. Wow. Mary Cosby and Angie each had one. Lisa and Meredith had four MVPs each. Monica had five and Heather had seven. Wow. Okay. Now, Mary Cosby and Whitney are coming in with two points each. Mm -hmm. Angie has three. Lisa Barlow has six. Meredith Marks comes in with 13 points. Mm -hmm. Monica with 18 and Heather with 26. Mm Mm-hmm. So you see our two highest, play, like, and that is basically how everyone was sat on those couches, right? You had Monica and Heather, the two highest scorers in the hot seats. And then you had yeah. Lisa and Meredith. And then you had Whitney and Angie and That's Mary true. Cosby. So That's yeah. true. Okay. Okay. And then I, I guess the... We should put the EWIB, the highest EWIB we had. And the EWIB, again, is the episodes without invoking bitch. And we only just started counting this, like, the last few episodes. But we never got higher than zero. 
<laughs> we never so that's rough. we never made it one episode <laughs> without someone using the word bitch against someone else in a derogatory oh, manner. Rough, rough, that rough, rough, rough last few episodes there. Yeah. So Beverly Hills is already beating because they're at one, at least one. We don't know how high it exactly it is because we haven't been keeping track all the way through. But all right, error of the season. Okay, it's time for the error of the season. She's looking at me. I'm looking We're at her. Both just smiling really big at each uh, other. Okay. okay, I'll go first. I thought the error of the season was how Monica handled reality Vontees. Me too. <laughs> Total agreement. Total agreement. I had Pretty... her not apologizing for her work as reality okay. Vontees, but yeah. basically the same thing. Yeah, she came in to the season with the knowledge that she was reality Von Tees. She has even said in interviews she knew this information would come out at some point, but she did not have the forethought to think, how should I handle this in the game? Keeping it a secret the whole time, letting someone else discover it and out her was the wrong choice. She should have either spilled that information herself at some point so that she could control the narrative more, or she needed some accountability and apology play to counteract that error and repair friendships and stay on the show. Yes, 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 100% yes. Okay. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, she got herself kicked off the show off uh, because of it, so. Yeah, right? That's a big error. Yes. Okay, I will take play of the season then. I actually had three um, and I three? haven't decided- does it say plays of the season or play well, I'm, of the season? I have so I just because I want the listenership, I want Bleacher Nation to also <laughs> they could weigh in too if they agree or not. And here okay. are some other things that could have been the play of the season, right? <laughs> Was it Monica making Vovo walk home? Was it Heather as Nancy Drew, or was it Pioneer Day? Pioneer Day, just as a whole. As a whole, I just mean, the whole idea of Pioneer really Day was an amazing play. And it's kind of, I mean, I feel like it's really hard when you see the play that is, it becomes the dominant, most talked about thing in a season. It's hard to not say that was the play of the season. And so I think we're going to have to go with Heather as Nancy Drew. Yep. I went with the same thing and I, I, I felt the same way. I was like, really, are we going to go with the last thing we saw? But that was the, the big blow up finale. It got tons yeah. It brought people who hadn't even been watching, who never even watched the show before to come watch because of Heather's play in the finale episode, playing Nancy Drew and laying out the case against Monica. So I don't want to disregard all the great play that was happening all season but this finale really was what made the season what it was and it's yeah. we're gonna remember it forever and heather gay is the one who orchestrated and carried that finale out yeah and as far as i know nobody in congress is having pioneer day or making other people walk <laughs> home so you know like it had a lot of impact nationally <laughs> <laughs> that's how we judge play from now on does it make yes. it to congress does it make it to Congress? Did anybody in Congress decide to use your play? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. This was actually a difficult choice because oh, really? I thought it was because Monica had so much amazing play all season, but she got kicked off. So my question was, 
was her play did all the amazing television she gave us outweigh the fact that she's off the show and um so i had to sit and think for a bit on what i felt out of that and, and? i came down on i believe that monica is still the rookie of the year yeah she gave us it yeah she gave us an unprecedented storyline and season not to mention all the amazing PTC and victim play work. She brought us Vovo. Um, Vovo. Yeah. So I, because of all that, and because I do believe she, <laughs> Vovo. Vovo. I miss you, little Vovo. This <laughs> Vovo is turned into like a little kitty cat. A cute furry dog. <laughs> Which was certainly not how she was on the season. No. But it was, uh, yeah, I, just because of how memorable this memorable this season will be, and I do believe she'll come back or she'll do something else, I still gave it to her. I gave it to her just because she, yeah, I, I, um, I did not DQ her because she's not coming back. I, I decided her play was from episode one to episode nineteen. Who was who play? You know, who was the rookie of the year? She was the rookie of the year. Yeah. She she easily outscored Angie. Yeah. It's easily. yeah. She she definitely outscored her episode to episode. She did not earn another season of play though, which Angie did. And so, you yes. know, that that knocks her a little Angie, bit, but I don't think I knocked her enough. And I think yeah. um I think Angie deserves an honorable mention here. I th- actually think she played a pretty solid season for a rookie. Uh, and she deserves the additional season of play that she was given. I just she just couldn't outshine Monica. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay, here we, it comes down to the MVP of the season. Will we disagree on anything? <laughs> All oh, so same. far, we're, yeah, we're entire kind of. season of play, we came up with the exact same things. I know, well, it goes to show how, how, how big the errors were and how big the plays yes, were, right? That's true. Right? That's true. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. As Bruce Willis says in the whole nine yards. Stats don't lie. Heather Gay, <laughs> MVP. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she really had the stats to prove it. I mean, go through again. She had how many, how many errors plays of the games and MVPs from us? So Heather had two errors. She had seven plays of the game and she had seven MVPs. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. And that's at least, at least in the second half of the season, you know, we didn't. Right. That's true. That is true. From the first half. I, um, so for my MVP of the season, you know, I was kind of going through thinking about everyone. I didn't want it to give it to either of the rookies. Uh, although I do believe Angie played a solid season as a rookie. I'm glad she'll be back. Her play needs some growth. So she didn't rise to MVP level yet. Monica's error is just too big to get MVP. Like, yep. you know, I just yep. felt like it, she could pull off rookie of the year. She couldn't pull off MVP. Exactly. Got kicked off the entire show. Um, Heather, I agree with you. The stats are there, at least for the second half. She gave us an amazing finale, some really good stuff at the reunion. Um, Meredith didn't have great cohesive storyline, but she gave us the best memes and repeatable lines of the season with her rumors and nastiness. And she had a lot. I mean, she she had 
five plays of the game and she had four MVPs. Like she had a solid season or half yeah. season as the case may be. <laughs> uh, I thought Whitney's, like I mentioned before, I thought Whitney's growth was really great to watch this season. She always pulls out great scenes, exciting previews, like her fight with Lisa at Meredith's event, her running down the street yelling, you exploded my vagina at Heather. Yeah. But one housewife I thought gave us the most season-long strong play. A solid me monsters have feelings to storyline with authentic drama and tear play. We learned more about her as a mom. We felt for her. We empathized with her. She had amazing confrontation play between her and Monica, between her and Whitney, between her and Meredith. She had good friendship play with Meredith, um, repairing a friendship with Heather. She had an awesome bravo, 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 hot mic moment, cursing and everything. She, her <laughs> XDCO play was just on point, um, especially with Monica in the beginning of Bermuda. And so for all that, Lisa Barlow was my MVP of the season. Wow. I like it. I yeah. like it. That is, yeah, you, you went the whole, the whole nine yards <laughs> with all of your examples. Lisa had a good season. I agree. She was a great player this season. I, yeah. I still, I, I don't agree that she is more of an MVP than Heather, but, um, but you are right as far as her, her season long development was definitely, mm -hmm. you know, she was running it at least 80% every single episode. So, so that's yeah. good. That yeah. Good. I mean, I felt like she, she did not get a hot seat and Heather did, but I feel like Heather's main reason for getting hot seat was the finale. And if we took out the finale, would she have still got that hot seat? I don't know. I just felt like Lisa Barlow really turned out on all season. I'd be curious to see if Lisa Barlow would have gotten more awards from us had we been doing this the whole season. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure. sure. I'm going back to thinking about like Palm Springs. I think there was a lot of stuff in Palm Springs that would not have been in Lisa's favor. She was kind of quiet in those mm. episodes, but I don't know. Heather got very drunk in one of those and vomited on screen. So, you know, <laughs> if you wanted to see more from Heather, there you go. <laughs> Ooh, maybe too much vulnerability there. Yeah, I I also feel like there's a lot of times when Lisa comes in like second. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like yes. she's up for in the running for MVP that she, she doesn't quite get it. And I just feel yeah. like she's almost there so many episodes. Yeah. And it's consistent throughout. So anyway, that's how I yeah. felt. And that's, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. You know, like she's always running it at least 80%. Right. So she's yeah. never, she's never not really big or present in an episode. So yeah, she doesn't quite pull yeah. it up to a hundred, but she's always there yeah. doing the housewife thing in really excellent ways. And so. All right. Wow. Big time. Ah, I can't big believe it's over. It's so all sad. over. Do you have any, any final thoughts? I don't know why my <laughs> balloons just went off on Zoom. I don't know what it is about my Zoom. It loves to celebrate. You're celebrating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, filming starting any day now might've already started. Uh, I, is there anything in particular? I know you're, you're hoping to see some, some polit polit political play. I'm looking for political play. Yeah. I love it. I, I would love that. That would be awesome. I don't know if anybody, you can tell me, has anyone on housewives ever gotten political? Yes. 
there was definitely a season in New York, legacy New York, where there was some politics going on and it was very divided. Mm. It was, it was, which election was it? I'm, it was one of the Donald Trump elections, but I'm like, oh I, can't remember if it, I can't remember if it was Donald Trump and Clinton or Donald Trump and Biden now. But in any case, I think it was Donald Trump and Clinton. That's and so funny. I This is just like the ingrained sexism, right? I was like, he didn't run against Bill Clinton. <laughs> How awful is that? Um, and there was, I there hate was... women too. <laughs> <laughs> it's internalized sexism, right? It's, right? It's terrible. You can't help it. It's how we were raised. No. Yep. Um, but yeah, there was one player who was especially involved in politics. And so she was constantly being vocal about it. And then they had like a, a election night party. And just because it was such a big topic in the world at the time yeah made its way onto the show and onto the reunion and on the reunion andy cohen asked all the women how they voted oh my goodness presidential election so they all say they half of them or half or maybe just over half said that they voted for clinton and then the everyone else refused to answer and everyone was like well i guess we know what that means (laughs) oh man yeah terrible as we're as we're analyzing this i'm realizing more and more how important seeing growth is like that's my favorite thing yeah. to see is like we've seen them mess up we've seen them make mistakes we've seen them have a hard time in their friendships we've seen them get start raving mad and start shouting at each other but when i feel the best is when i see that them learn from something and like make a step forward so i want to see some i want to see the drama but i want to see growth and so i guess in each of them i want to see them make like a couple steps forward i want to see yeah. how they're gay open up more I want to see uh, Meredith Marks uh, engage more. I want to see Angie engage more because she she'll engage, but then she she doesn't play it out. Remember, like with her, yeah, there was a lot up, of times, yeah, when people she, apologize yeah. to her, she's just like, okay, great, we're great now. Except she's it's not; yeah. she's still upset, and so it's like, no, let that keep playing out. Like, hold your ground, and um, yeah. So yeah, I would just like to see some. I would like to see some more. Uh, of that. I would like to see some more growth in the players. I, I want to see, I'm, I'm interested to see Whitney and Lisa have it out, see what's going on there. Um, I don't know. I feel like we need something though. Like what's going to be the big thing. I don't know. What's yeah. I don't know either. Plan? And are we getting new cast members? Yeah. Hopefully some friends of they'll bring some, yeah. some, An- some Angie's or something. Yeah. And what about Mary Cosby? Do you want more Mary Cosby? The same amount, a little less. <laughs> I'm okay with Mary Cosby. I um a little bit here and there. I don't think we need a lot of her. She doesn't really move storylines at all. I don't know. That no, she, she doesn't. That, and she, yeah. I don't think she's a good enough player to be full time. I think she's no. really, yeah. Yeah, I think a, a little bit here and there because, you know, she's just a, a fascinating person. <laughs> I'm trying to Google if there's if they have new cast members for season five, but I'm mm. not getting anything. I haven't heard anything. No. I saw something at one point about two people that were being considered, but. Mm. Okay. I guess we'll I find out. No, no, no. 
but you can now tune in to hear us analyze the play in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We started that last week and episodes are going to be releasing on Saturday mornings from now until the end of the season. I saw somewhere, I'm not sure how uh, reputable that source is, but I saw somewhere that they said they're going to have 20 episodes. So okay. there's like five or six episodes left, I guess, until yeah. the reunion. Yeah. So uh, yeah, tune right. in. That's, we're having fun there. It's a whole new cast of players to yeah. analyze. And we're having and then fun. what happens after, is, is everyone basically dark at that point? Nobody's yeah, as, got as new episodes? Yeah, as far as I know, we're going to have like a dark period with no, a dark period. A with dark no, period. <laughs> with no episodes from any Real Housewives franchises. For at which while. point we can either go back and do, we could do... One of the franchises from season one, which I've had, yeah. I've had um, Beverly Hills friends who want me to do, they they say, you've got to do all of Beverly <laughs> Hills because of Brandy and so that we understand all the callbacks on Denise mm-hmm. Richards and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you do that or if you just go and like pick out key highlight episodes, mm-hmm. you know, there's all sorts of lists on what are the most important episodes of a franchise like that. Or if we go to Miami and, you know, or something like that, or pick up a a younger franchise and start at the beginning of that so that we're all caught up for the fall. Who knows? Yeah. I like the idea of doing one of them all the way through and like maybe pick like, which one are we going to focus on when they start coming back and do that one from the beginning? And maybe we could recap the first season of whichever franchise that happens to be on the mic so if people want to do a rewatch with us i mean real housewives of oc comes to mind just because it was the first real Housewives sure. it was so re-watching the first season of the first housewives would be really interesting to analyze that play and see how the play has changed over the years totally. new jersey comes to mind just because that was a really fascinating first season and because i think they might be one of the first ones to start releasing new episodes out of all of them like if we want to do like the first one so that the dark the dark the darkness ends the darkness ends <laughs> and there's just some really good years in new jersey but now lately i haven't been enjoying it as much so i don't know there's so many things we could do so little time i want to do all of it i want to power binge all of them just like watch all of them <laughs> take down all the stats and get all the you know the plays down but uh you know we, unfortunately we just don't have the capacity for that so no we don't have any interns yet <laughs> <laughs> yet yet all right well this has been a lot of fun it's been it's been great to sort of um spend some time with these ladies thinking about thinking about these great ladies of salt lake city that i've enjoyed spending so much time thinking about yeah i can't wait to see them next season you can follow us at real housewives of bend oregon and uh, subscribe to the podcast review us on apple podcasts and share us with your friends please Yes, please. And we'll see you next time, Bleacher Nation. All right, Bleacher Nation. We'll see you in the 90210. Yeah, we'll all be sitting on the bleachers together with Monica. (laughs) From the bleachers. That's going to be a good one. Not bad. (laughs) No, no, no. She can't steal our name. (laughs) 